0: Hello, I'm Matthew Grant from INSTEC London, and I was talking this week to Chris Downer from Excel Innovate. Uh, Excel Innovate is one of the largest InsurTech funds. They've made over 14 investments so far, although none yet in London. Uh, Chris has been over here in London taking a look at the market, and he was talking to me about some of the developments he's seen over the last three years, and it sounds like they might have some news for us coming in the next few months. Chris, well, welcome, welcome to London. You've brought some California sunshine with you, but uh, what is it that brought you over here on the, on the back of what must have been a very hectic week out in uh, in Las Vegas?
1: Yeah, it certainly was a hectic week, and it's good to be here in London. Um, I think you know, as as an investor with Excel Innovate, Excel Innovate is an InsurTech tech focused venture fund uh, focused exclusively on PNC investments. Uh, we have a global mandate to invest in InsurTech tech, and um, we've we've been following the London market for a while now, and I think I've been really impressed with the, the momentum and traction that the InsurTechs have, have garnered here, uh, especially over the last year. So my my purpose here is to understand uh, what the big trends are going on in the UK market, uh, which companies are, are really seeing that traction and, and momentum and, and hopefully find a couple uh, interesting investment ideas. Good. Well, I look forward to just digging into that in a minute, but just before we
0: start that, the, um, the sort of rebranding of of well, the merger of AXA and Xcel Catlin. And what does that mean for uh, Xcel bank?
1: You know, fortunately, we've been uh, very lucky in the sense that uh, we have our own dedicated fund and uh, our job, again, is to invest that fund. So uh, we've been isolated, I think, in, in a lot of ways from a lot of the merger opportunities or uh, talks. We certainly have had to educate AXA a bit on who we are and what we do, um, but we've uh, been fortunate enough to basically have business as usual. And again, that's that's looking for interesting insure techs globally and um, we're, we're busy enough uh, as is with, with that mandate.
0: Each other a couple of years and, and uh, we were sort of in the early days in ShortTech, which is only two years ago, but you know, one of the frustrations I know from a, a lot of investors in the US was just the scale of investments you can see out here in, in the UK. Are you seeing that starting to change now? I mean, are companies now at the level where uh, they're worth Spending time with for a, for a fund your size,
1: yeah, absolutely, and I, I, that's that's the reason why we're here. Uh, you know, my first trip over to London was was November 2016, and I think uh, while we saw a lot of really interesting innovation and, and interesting technologies in the UK market, I think what we found at that time, again, that's uh, almost two years ago now, was uh, these these companies were often quite young, uh, and also often solving problems that were unique to their specific markets, um, and so I think some. Uh, critique that we had during that time was really these companies, uh, weren't solving a big enough problem and weren't, weren't really thinking about uh, a total addressable market that was, uh, big enough for us to, uh, really think about, uh, having a venture-like investment. Um, And so when when we invest, we look for uh, a five to 10 times return in our money. And in order to do that, we need to see companies that are, uh, again, solving meaningful issues within the space. Um, I think what's been really exciting though, over the last year and a half, two years, is is that that mindset and and the maturity within the UK market has really changed. Uh, We've seen a lot of startups today that are are really understanding uh, large problems and addressing those large problems. And so the momentum that we've seen as a result of these companies really uh, addressing that is makes it really interesting for us and and again is the reason why I'm here. So we're very excited about the opportunities and and again the momentum here in the UK market and are hopeful to engage more thoroughly in it and uh, definitely expect to be making several investments here in the UK over the next year or so.
0: And I guess the challenge for you I mean for all of us is, is keeping tabs on who's out there and and just understanding who's out there and then actually which ones are are actually any good. So how how do you process all that information? And I'm sure you've got lots of people sending you their pitch decks to, to decide which ones you actually want to spend time on.
1: Yeah, so I, you know, we we do it through a lot of ways. We've been uh, extraordinarily fortunate enough to to uh, build a portfolio in the states that I I think has established us as as uh, you know one of the leading investors within the insured tech space. That has definitely opened doors, and and there's been a lot of inbound as a result of that. We're very fortunate to have a very close relationship with AXA XL, and uh, AXA XL is a global brand and and one that has uh, offices again throughout the world. So uh, there are a number of folks here in the UK, Lindsay being one of them, who's uh, been incredibly helpful to us in, in giving us a pulse on the market. We attend a lot of conferences. You mentioned ITC. That's, that's just one of, one of the, the many we've, we've been to to date, and uh, really just making sure that we understand, again, what the, what the emerging trends are, what the companies are doing. Um, but um, I, I'd say if you look at our portfolio uh, so far, it's, it's been primarily focused on, on the U.S., um, and, and I think that's been, in many ways, a result of the opportunities that we've seen and, and the, the maturity of the companies uh, in the space. What we are seeing now, though, is, is that shift is changing. We're seeing that in, in funding results here in the UK, as well as um, uh, the, the number of new companies that are, are springing up. So we're very excited about what's going on here in the UK and, and again, hope to spend a lot more time here. And I know it's difficult. We
0: well, wouldn't be comfortable talking about the companies you'd be thinking of investing in, but you know some of the companies that maybe you, you miss, but actually you talk- talked about ones you've you've seen some really uh, great things happening any any companies you can name that you've been particularly impressed with
1: I think there there are a number of them in the space and and uh, you know don't want to say that there's a favorite child in the market uh, at this point but I think that there are a number of companies that have absolutely sort of taking advantage of of the desire for uh, insurance carriers to innovate and uh, whether that's that's innovating with new product or or, or basically providing technology to really bring forward uh, uh, solutions that can bring efficiencies to the organization uh, XL Catlin is is working with a number of, of those companies here in the market today and we've gotten exposure to them uh, via the the accelerate groups and the business units and uh, are, are very excited to, to learn more about them. So at, at the risk of not fully answering your question, uh, I'd say that there's, uh, again, there are a number of companies today that we're quite interested in looking at and learning more about. Uh, and, and if you contrast that with what, what what that looked like a year and a half two years ago uh, it's really night and day and so from from that perspective I, I I'd say that uh, stay tuned there there certainly will be some some announcements coming uh, within the, the next several months and and hopefully more within the next several years um, but um, I, th- I think we're we're very excited about what we're seeing I guess anybody that wants
0: to know, you know companies you've seen and liked should uh, should read your newsletter and, and dig through some of the backstories <laughs> yeah, and sure. <laughs> see what you've got to say so on that you know, one, you, one article you wrote which so a lot of people uh, forwarded on to me and it suddenly hit a sort of... Uh, an, a sort of familiar note for a lot of people was on this this POC proof of concept purgatory and, and the challenges companies have when they go into an insurance organization and and can't really get beyond that initial testing stage. Um, that was that was a few months ago. Now have you have you seen things sort of changing now in, the, in recently?
1: Yeah, I think people are, are more aware of it, and so uh, you you see that at InsureTech Connect there was a how to escape purgatory hell uh, session, and and I think people are are definitely acutely aware of the issue. Um, whether whether you want to Uh, Believe it or not, uh, things are moving sort of at the speed of insurance still, despite, I think, a lot of the push coming from InsurTechs. But uh, that recognition is critical. And so I would expect going forward that... that, that there, people are both within the, the carriers and the insure techs are getting on the same page, understanding what it is they're looking to solve, um, how the partnerships will work, and then creating milestones that uh, are, are clear to both sides uh, and enable these, these insure techs to escape that POC purgatory. Uh, because without that, I think there's there's innovation for the sake of innovation. And if there's no no real goal at the end of it, then uh, there's, there's really no way for these insure techs to succeed and no way for these carriers to truly innovate and, and change their, their processes. And what's your experience been of companies that, that do this in-house versus those that sort of partner
0: with with uh, other organizations? You know, obviously Lloyd's has opened up Lloyd's Lab now, offering a yeah. you know, sort of intermediary, I guess, for, for doing that innovation. But have you seen some trends where there's been more success uh, one way versus versus the other?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, if you if you speak to any of the, the, the big insurers today, I, I'd say there's, there's always someone in the organization who said, we can build that. And a frustration we've had with, with some of our portfolio companies is they'll come into an organization and get stopped at, at the IT side because, again, someone in the organization says, uh, why, w- why would you do that? We can build that. I think what's, what's critical for insurers to recognize is that while certainly they, they could build whatever technology or, or bring in a solution that these insure techs are providing, oftentimes uh, that will take many years and several millions of dollars. And, and with I think what's really unique and interesting about the InsurTech movement is it allows uh, these carriers to, to experiment and, and really drive through change at a, a much lower cost and in a shorter time period. Um, and so from that perspective, I would really encourage the incumbents within the space to really engage with these InsurTechs um, and, and see how they can solve those problems because, again. It's a, it's a cost issue, it's a time issue, and uh, if, if you're not innovating, and if you're not really transforming your, your company today, uh, you're, you're gonna be behind the eight ball come two, three years down the line. And sort of in a related area, I mean, a lot of this depends upon a,
0: an organization being able to, willie, willing to de- deploy some meaningful capital or capacity for underwriting the risk and also to some operational costs. Mm-hmm. And what, what are you seeing in terms of the willingness of insurers to you know, take, if not big bets, at least you know, something that's going to actually make a difference in terms of their overall performance as opposed to something that's just an experiment and, and, and can just, again die for lots of different reasons. But are you seeing companies really committing some real funds now to making this successful?
1: Yeah, we're, we're, we're certainly seeing companies that are, are getting on that trajectory. I think the, the word you use, experiment, is, is a lot of companies are still experimenting and still trying to understand how it is they transform their organization, how it is they, they can sort of disrupt internally their own processes. So I think there's, again, there's an awareness of of needing to do this. And, and I think there's the issue of FOMO, uh, the fear of missing out, is driving a lot of the market. Um, I think a lot of insurers, they don't want to be the first to, to take the leap, but they, they also don't want to be the last. So there's, there's in a lot of ways, a, a, a herd mentality relative to making innovation a priority. Um, and you're seeing that with the number of innovation labs that are popping up across the market, the number of folks that are joining uh, accelerators like Plug and Play. I mm-hmm. think they have something like 70 plus partnerships today, uh, which speaks to, again, the appetite for innovation, but also sort of the, the herd mentality as it relates to uh, driving through that innovation. So um, I think we're, we're still awfully early within that cycle, which is exciting for insuretechs because I think there's still a lot of money to be uh, spent on innovation and hopefully a, a lot of that will be spent on, on external initiatives and, and partnerships. But um, there, it's, it's, it's not happening nearly as fast as I think anyone would want it to at this point.
0: And, and just back on that, that point about London and speed, I mean, in theory, uh, one of the, uh, the advantages that London op- offers yeah, with, with London Market and with Lloyd's is just this. this speed of which people can or should be able to make decisions because you've actually got if not flatter structures less people involved in the decision geographically people are close by and also Lloyd's itself has traditionally been um yeah has been the, the place people go to to get insurance for things they couldn't they couldn't insure anywhere else so in theory yeah London should be the hub of what's happening in this insure tech space and you touched on you know, some of the, the, the changes coming through but sort of thematically are you seeing things more broadly in, in the world of insure tech where um, was a shifting from maybe from some of what was originally the consumer applications and a lot of sort of talk around disruption, into areas that, that you would say are more focused around building on the opportunities that, that London has got for that sort of creativity and sort of fast decision making.
1: I give London a lot of credit for being uh, sort of bringing creative solutions to the market and and being thinking critically about innovation. Uh, I think there's there's a, a bit of a gap now, though, between what's going on in the states relative to uh, the amount of money poured into insurtech and, and what's been uh, going on here in the UK. So there is a gap certainly between, uh, a funding gap between innovation uh, initiatives, again, focused on InsurTech. Uh, here, as as compared to uh, my neck of the woods in Silicon Valley, but uh, that's that's closing. And I think the culture around around that innovation is is something that that London certainly uh, has a, a very strong leg to stand upon and, and, and a foundation to build upon. I I would say that you know looking forward, uh, you mentioned the, the consumer applications and sort of moving on from there. We're we're very excited about um, sort of commercial lines, more complex risks folks who are coming from the insurance industry and are bringing uh, sort of solutions to really large problems that haven't been addressed yet. I think we've seen a lot on uh, lead gen, we've seen a lot on distribution, we've seen a lot generally on personal lines, home, auto, renters, uh, you, uh, you name it. What we haven't seen though is a lot of commercial focus. So, so again, sort of what, what's going on with commercial lines and, and that's really where AXA Excel is focused today. And so hopefully that's, that's where we're gonna be focusing on and really looking forward to bringing resources to, uh, to bear from that perspective. You mentioned that the big problems that
0: people haven't yet found solutions for. So what would be uh, an example or two of, of where
1: you're hearing or seeing the gaps that need to, be, need to be solved? Yeah, so, so I think uh, you know, what we've seen, again, just going back to what, what we've seen relative to the, the, what we call the first wave of insurtech is a lot of entrepreneurs who are coming in from outside of insurance saying, here's what I know about insurance. I know about my, my auto insurance. I know about my home insurance. Uh, I know how to dis, uh, do distribution better. What we haven't seen, though, are, are folks who can really speak to the reinsurance market. Uh, you know, you ask a, an entrepreneur who knows who's from outside insurance, what facultative reinsurance is, and you'll get a blank stare. Um, but reinsurance, obviously, is an area that, that can use a lot of help uh, and can use a lot of, um, I think, uh, new technologies to drive efficiencies and, and to, to to better understand risk. Um, and so from that perspective, I think we're, we're really excited about um, that next wave and sort of folks again who are are keenly aware of the issues within insurance uh, and keenly aware of of, of areas that uh, that need help and, and I think marine risk is, is a great example so we recently invested in a company called Windward, mm-hmm. uh, which is focused on uh, marine analytics and and, uh, and risk mitigation within that space you know the marine insurance market is a market that uh, has has been losing money for years uh, and and technology I think can can help marine insurers better understand their risks, uh, better uh, sort of segment their risks, and also sort of better provide them insights that they don't currently have. And so the idea of bringing new data sources through new technologies to these underwriters so that they can, again, make, make better decisions, I think is something that is critical. And Marine is one example, but you can go across any of those commercial lines and, and see, see the same opportunity uh, again and again.
0: And you mentioned on funding there as well. Uh, so I'm really interested in your thoughts of, for people out there raising funds and, and sort of struggling to, uh, to either raise funds or or, or maybe just, just too uh, modest in what they're, they're going after. And, and you know, people talk about an order of magnitude more that companies are raising in, in Series A. But I, so I'm interested, so if you have not necessarily specific to um, Excel Innovate, but general advice for people looking to raise funds over here that have got a scalable... Um, solution that could go across to the U.S., you know, how should they sort of balance doing that fundraising in the U.K. versus actually trying to tap into the U.S. market?
1: Yeah, so, so as a U.S.-based investor, I think scale, the, the, that word you use, is critical. Uh, we need to, again, if, if we're investing in a company, we need to find a business that will provide a 5 to 10 times return on, on our capital. And, and the way you do that really is, is by addressing a large enough problem where uh, if you can get a portion of the market, you can reach that scale. Um, And so I think ambition is critical. Being able to really understand the problem that you are solving is very important. Um, You know, we've seen a lot of folks coming from outside the industry, again, talking about uh, changing the nature of distribution or, or, or bringing in a new solution. But if you don't understand the problem, you can't provide a solution. So falling in love with that problem, I think is critical and and really being the expert on that problem, um, allows you to be credible in providing that solution. So, um, I guess as we think about tenants that are important, it's, it's scale, it's the, the total addressable market, it's the team. So, um, understanding insurance is is really important. So uh, certainly we like to see entrepreneurs who are are are, are flexible and creative and thinking about these issues, but um, you can only be so creative or, or, or flexible again if if you understand it. And and that we find that a lot of a lot of companies do well by hiring folks from within the industry or, or folks who have, have previously worked there uh, so that they, they can really sort of speak the language and uh, and translate that problem. And I think that being able to translate that from sort of uh, tech speak to insurance speak is critical. Um, A lot of folks with insurance don't necessarily speak tech uh, and don't don't understand it. So being able to translate that reduces that gap between between the the incumbent and and the, the startup. So um, uh, those are those are several of the tents we think about, and um, and uh, I think you know that's that's consistent across our portfolio. But um, you know what are you doing that's different as well? Where's where's the moat? Yeah. Uh, where's where's the defensibility? Um, and and um, that differentiation, that defensibility, I think is key in terms of um, yeah. once you have that momentum, keeping that lead, uh, because we want to be inve- investing in the top top companies in each space um, and if you have no ability to uh, really sort of ensure that you are, are keeping pace and then again sort of pulling ahead, uh, that's not going to be a business that is going to do well in the long term. So just before we wrap
0: up, uh, for you personally, I think many people they consider this to be the, the dream job. You're spending your life traveling around the world going to conferences. I think novelty soon wears off. But but for people that are interested in getting into the the, the, the sort of VC side of the business or, or getting involved as working for organisations that, that are investing, what's your uh, your recommendations for how they how they do that?
1: So I got lucky. Uh, I got very lucky in, in the sense that uh, I was in the right place at the right time, and uh, Tom Hutton and, and Martha Nateris took it took a chance on me. So um, you know, I, I'd like to think part of that was due to some of my persistence. Um, but uh, again, I think a lot of where I am is 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 very good fortune. Uh, for folks who want to get into to venture, I'd say uh, your network is 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 key. Uh, really making sure that you're you're meeting the, the people within within the venture community, meeting the people uh, within the areas in which you're looking to invest is key. Uh, so. You can establish yourself as someone who is knowledgeable in the space, whether that be fintech or insurtech or tech or whatever it is, and I think that that really helps you sell who you are. Um, you know, venture investing I think is is an area that is getting a lot of attention, and certainly there are a lot of jobs opening up, but uh, there's a lot of competition for those jobs, and so um, anything you can do again to differentiate yourself by by your network, and a lot of a lot of venture investing is is making sure that you're you're staying up to date with those trends, and that's through the people. In the market. And so, you know, I don't drink coffee, but I certainly have an, a, a coffee uh, coffee date or whatever it is uh, as, as many days as possible, and that's to, to really make sure I'm staying on top of things. Um, and, and build that network, um, and so I know that we've we've been fortunate enough to get some deals through uh, Tom, Martha, my network there, and and that's really driving uh, driving deal flow. And as, as someone sort of uh, who's young and hungry, a lot of your job is going to be um, creating that deal flow and 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 uh, creating a pipeline for for uh, for people to invest in or at least look at. So uh, I think you got to be hungry, and and uh, in many ways you got to be lucky, but you got to take advantage of the luck and fortune and and uh, and really, really drive that through. Great.
0: Well, well, you may not drink coffee, but I suspect if you're back here in the UK or maybe even the US, you might be getting asked out for tea or maybe a <laughs> yeah. pint to, um, to pick yeah. your brains. Yeah. Um, so, just uh, finally, so you 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 uh, came along to our. Cyber event it is state London on uh, on Monday evening and uh, just interested you know you, you, as I said you go to a lot of conferences yeah. just interested in your uh, your takeaways from that and uh, any any, uh, any any advice for us as we run these events
1: no I, th- I think it was a, a terrific event and and uh, it, I think there's a lot of enthusiasm in the market as, as shown by the standing room only uh, at the event I, I arrived uh, five minutes late and, and uh, couldn't find a seat which is uh, I think a tremendous uh, kudos to you guys and tremendous um, uh, kudos to the London market Showing the interest in in tech, um, I, th- I think the speaker lineup was was fantastic. Again, there was a good diversity of speakers and a good diversity of perspectives, and um, I think there there was uh, there was uh, because of that, there was a lot of learnings to be taken away. Um, and, and I certainly took, took away a lot from, from that experience. And again, it's not just sort of, uh, the, the atmosphere, the excitement, but, but also learnings about cyber, uh, and things that I hadn't thought about. Um, and, and I think that was, that was really, really critical in my understanding. And, uh, uh, I think it was a great place for, for folks to network as, as we spoke, spoke about there. Um, so I'm excited to, to see where you guys go next. And I, I, I imagine it'll only grow from here, and I think uh, think uh, if if you're interested in the the uh, UK insure tech market, you, you got to be going to events like InsTech uh, because uh, you, you'll be missing out if you don't.
0: Great, and we're, we're very thankful for uh, for uh, AXA XL for their support for the for the event as well. So. So thanks. Well, Chris, that's been excellent. Um, so if people want to get hold of you uh, or they want to subscribe to your uh, to your newsletter, what's the best way to, to find you?
1: Yeah, well, th- thanks for the plug there. So I, I do a daily InsurTech newsletter uh, and would, would love uh, for, for anyone who, who wants to understand what's going on in the market. That newsletter includes generally the top two or three InsurTech stories globally of the day. Uh, shoot me an email. My email address is chris.downer at axaxl.com. Um, and I'd be happy to subscribe to you. So uh, the the more the merrier there, and, and hopefully we'll have an occasion to uh, to, to speak more about insure tech in the future.
0: Right. Well, Chris, thank you very much. And enjoy the, the rest of your trip, and uh, safe safe travel time. Thank you.